Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Ed, it is good to see you. It's good to hear you. I love your passion. Pat, I love your enthusiasm. I love your mojo. So here we are. Chuck, you don't even know, man. Like, you're a big part of this. When I was growing up and always listening to the Bulls on the go, and when I started working, I worked second shift. So the only time I was going to be able to see or hear the bulls was you so a lot of the live calls and things i do right learning how to paint a picture i got that from you because i literally i was like maybe i have a good imagination but i feel like i'm watching the game right now so it's yeah. it, it's always good to talk to you and, well, and thank you. you you played a Pat big part in what i am with the rock couple of jab steps works on curry step back three <laughs> bam count it in a foul that's it Pat right there the man. at the line for a possible four-point play <laughs> That's... Of course, but Steph, let me tell you what, the way Steph Curry, you know, like he has revolutionized the game. You know, we talk about certain players like the like the era of Bill Russell, yeah. where he made like defense a priority. Yeah. Okay. And then Kareem Abdul Jabbar with the sky hook. Yeah. You know, Dr. Robertson, you know, yeah. he was the king of the triple double before Westbrook. And then Jordan comes around. And, you know, you got Bird and Magic. And then all of a sudden, you know, like you got LeBron, who's like just a freak of nature because this guy is like, you know, just getting it done year after year. He had 39 the other day. (laughs) I mean, so now we got Steph Curry, who's coming over the eight-second line, taking one dribble, and like for 99.9% of players – like taking a 45 footer, you're probably saying, what do you do? Okay. Yeah. Steph, like, that's cool. That's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, that that's, that is. And, and I think that kind of like speaks to, of course, talking about the bulls here. We've seen, of course, an up and down season playing Stephen Curry the other night. He's been just phenomenal. Like you brought out, but I yeah. think, right. You've seen a lot of changes throughout this NBA what we're seeing with this Bulls team, it seems like they're competing every night. Is it? Do you feel like it's more of the Bulls aren't playing up to the level that we're expecting them to? Or is it also something to be said about, I look around this NBA, I don't see a team that doesn't have talent anymore. You know, you used to have teams where you would look, and not to say they weren't talented, but you could tell, like, listen, you're never going to be able to compete with this team. Right, but right, but right. we you're see OKC every night competing. Well, here's the issue. I think the biggest issue is player availability. Yes. Pat, I mean, like, like we're going into city to city to city as they're coming in to play the Bulls, no Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Well, when's Lonzo coming back? I have no idea, <laughs> and I'm telling you the truth. I do not have an idea. Yeah. Are they optimistic and hopeful that he's going to come back? Obviously, yes. But, I mean, we're going into these different places like – Okay, like Golden State's an exception because they're healthy. They're waiting on Iguodala to get in shape, and then they'll probably they're they're waiting for mid-April for Iguodala for the playoffs. You know that, and I know that. Yeah. But I mean, like we're going to every city now, 
And like I caught a little bit of Sacramento's game with the Clippers. Well, why Leonard didn't play? Paul George is not playing. Yeah. And you say to yourself, like, what's up with that? Like, I, they're, they're hurt. And then, you know, you go to Utah, no Mike Conley. And you say to yourself, wow, okay, no Mike Conley. And then, like, so you've got to have players. Yeah. You've got to have your core players on the floor. And so this whole NBA thing, Pat, I'm trying to figure out, like, the best team in the West. Yeah. Was it, is it Phoenix? Is it Denver? Is it Memphis? Is it Golden State? Is Golden State going to put something together in a package deal to pick up a player that's out there? Uh, because, like, I, I just don't know. But you're right. Like, there are no, like, okay, I get it. Orlando, they've got, like, five guys out. Yeah. So that would be Orlando, maybe Detroit, maybe, you know, you're looking at Charlotte, Houston, possibly Charlotte, but I'll tell you what, I mean, Houston, they've got some kids who can flat out hoop. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you, you see what Jalen Green's doing? Yeah, 100%. And that's I think that's the biggest difference in the league right now, right? Like, I mean, you think back to even just like 2012, you could see like – where there was the Bulls, there was the Cavs, there was Miami. There was a clear difference yes. in the teams that were good to the bottom of the barrel, where right now, right, the Bulls are 9-13. and 13. We're sitting a little bit out of the playoffs, but we're nowhere near, like, completely out of this thing at all. Two wins, three wins in a row, you're right back in the playoff picture. That's how close this NBA is. And so it, it's so interesting to me. I think we've, we're seeing the most nuanced league that we've seen to this point. I, I do want to ask this, though, right, because we, we have to, at a minimum, right, there's the nuance. But we also have to look at what is happening on the court. And from my vantage point, what I'm seeing night in and night out, AK wanted to bet on continuity. And his bet on continuity seems like it should work because based on my set, Pat Will's playing better. Io's playing better. Uh, um, Javante Green has improved his game. DJJ's giving you say production. Dragic is as advertised. Drummond is as advertised. But then I look at our stars and I say, you know, a lot of up and down nights. The continuity yep. was bet on you guys. What are you seeing from uh, uh, kind of the up and down start that the starters have, have put on display at, at our 9 and 13 right now? Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I'm going to give you a cliche. And, Pat, you've heard this cliche <laughs> as well as your viewers and listeners. Yeah. It's a make or miss league. Yeah. And you look at Zach's three point shooting in the month of November, tailed off. Yeah. Okay. Um, the thing is, Zach is such a talented player. He's an athletic, skilled player. And I made this notation on the air the other day. I want to see him raise his free throw attempts per game. Yeah. Right now it's five, Pat. He should be at DeMar DeRozan's level at eight per game. Yeah. He should be going to the rack, getting fouled, and going to the line for some easy points at the stripe. Yeah. You know, if, if you look at DeMar's um, mid-range game, where is he usually fouled, Pat? He's fouled around the elbow or at the foul line, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So with Zach, because he has that first burst step uh, going to the rim, he would pick up fouls. Yeah. So – uh, when your three-point shot isn't falling, 
you got to get you got to get somehow you got to generate production. You know, Vooch to me is a guy that you know, and I and I realize he loves that top side three ball yeah. attempt. I want to see him in the post because there are not many big men in the league that have his footwork that he does those little curls where he's on the block and he finishes in the semicircle with that little baby right-handed hook or the flip with the left. Yeah. It- so, I mean, I mean, your, your three players have got to lead the way. Yeah. And so you just gave a beautiful assessment, Pat, of some of the other players on this team. Drogic has been everything is advertised. He shows up. He's a smart player. Yeah. He gives you 17 minutes of Goran Dragic. Drummond, you know, sometimes with matchups, you can play him. Sometimes in small ball, you can't. Mm-hmm. But when he's on the floor, he's a vacuum. He grabs rebounds. And I I can live with that because that's his thing. He is a rebounding machine. Yeah. And I love it. I love it when they throw lobs to the rim for Drummond to dunk. You forget he's like 29 and still really athletic sometimes because yeah. of how long he's been in the league. And they're like, oh, yeah, he jumps really high, doesn't he? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, and at times he doesn't even have to jump. He just, you know, the lob to the rim and he throws it down. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the schedule, I, you know, I hate to say this because it sounds like so many excuses. The schedule, and, and it's been documented, it's been the toughest in basketball in the NBA. Yeah. So I'm hoping that once they get back and they start getting in a rhythm and, you know, this is the longest road trip of the season, but, you know, there are no gimmies in the league. And so this schedule, you know, you got a home with Dallas at Atlanta back-to-back coming up, and then you've got – they're playing like the next three times in like eight or nine days. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. They're playing the same team three times in a week and a half. The, the schedule's so interesting this year. Like, even just right, like, I, I guess from a from a fan aspect, like, I love watching, like, being able to look throughout the season and be like, okay, we got Boston. Next time we got Boston. It's gonna, we played Boston three times already. We got one more shot yep. at them. Yep. Like, like and, and, that's so and, weird and, to me. I, I, and, and uh, you know, it's building availability. It's teams for national TV. See, we we haven't hit when I say we the Bulls. Mm-hmm. You know what, Pat? We haven't reached that point where we are on the A list for network nationally televised games. Yeah, you know we're like we're almost like if it was a courtship where you know you're kind of flirting a little bit on a which date. is showing some leg right now is that what we're doing <laughs> well yeah and, and you're saying okay uh are you the one or you know we're still trying to figure things out where to navigate this relationship yeah well with the bulls i mean do i think the networks want the bulls to do well absolutely big market you know we've got all stars on the team yeah and you, you got the Bulls brand, okay? Like your brand, Pat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got You got a brand. No, doing a little and something. So, <laughs> so um, now I, I'll say this. I think the Bulls need to play better when they're on national TV because that would help. Yeah, a little but, bit. But I do think that, you know, the networks take care of winning teams 
by putting them in a position where they have rest and they're getting ready for a game. I yeah. mean, how often do you see Golden State on national TV in the second game of a back-to-back? Well, you, well you, you didn't see it here. I, we knew that. I that, that was the thing when we looked at the schedule. I was like, let's see, maybe, you know, because we got one day rest, right? Like, what's Golden State got? It's like, they got two days off? This, this is going to be a fight. This is going to be a dogfight. I mean, here, looking at those games, right? Like we saw the Phoenix game. Of course, you you you're calling them right. Um, calling the calling the uh, uh, Golden State game. There was something that stood out to me. There in both games, the Bulls. If you look at right throughout the game, of course, there's ups and downs, but they didn't get dominated for 48 minutes. I, I know that mm-hmm. the end score of the Phoenix game would make us feel that way, but they didn't get dominated. They actually competed. And I think the one thing that we've seen, and Billy Donovan said it, talking about the Bulls being consistently inconsistent. Quarter one, 33-30. We're right there with them. We're scoring with one of the best teams. But then the Bulls continue to have these three, four-minute scoring droughts. Yeah. What 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 is what is the fix for that? Right, we saw Billy well, Donovan kind of tinkering I, with the I, lineup. I, what is the fix well, for that? I think, I think we saw some of that against Golden State. Yeah, and I think if you saw Williams and Dosumu come off the bench, and they immediately contributed in the second quarter. Yeah, so that's a good sign. Now, do I think he's going to stay with this lineup? I think probably, maybe for the time being. Yeah, he may. Um, you know, I, I, I look at the Bulls half court sets and, you know, without Lonzo, it's been really hard to get into your set early. Yeah. And with Lonzo, they were able to get some easy transition hoops because of Lonzo's vision. Yes. I mean, like he was having a career season a year ago, shooting the three rock and, you know, he can play big guards and, all that is well and good, and I love it. But his vision to throw a 65-foot pass. On a dime. Like, like <laughs> I, I mean, where the player can do something with it. Yeah. Okay, where it's almost like a quarterback and a wide receiver. Yeah. The quarterback needs to hit the receiver. So, a, you know, a run after the catch where he can do something with it instead of trying to bring the ball back over his shoulder and then center the ball, you know, in yeah, a yeah. series of seconds and then take off and running. Well, the same thing, how often do you see where a pass is near the ankles of a player? And by all of a sudden, they have to lift the ball up and then rise up for a potential shot. Well, even in a second and a half or two seconds, it gives enough time for that wing defender to come over and shade yes. instead of receiving the pass right in a pass and catch situation where there's no hesitation, boom, pat, boom, and yeah. it's going up. I, and I, last night, I'm watching Golden State. Okay. That's and, the hard part. When you see the mirror of what we want. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm looking at this team where the ball does not stick to their hands. Yeah. They've got the ball, and, I mean, they're passing. Boom, 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 boom. And, you know, like, I'm looking at Steph Curry, and and then whether, you know, it goes side to side, and then they just wear you out. Yeah. If your cardio level can't – I mean, if, if that's the beautiful thing about Steph Curry. 
I mean, this guy is in shape. Yeah. He is running around constantly, and there's a method to this. It's just not some guy, you know, running left, running right. I mean, he he's doing this because you 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 know you're locked in on Curry, and then all of a sudden, all it takes is a second defender to look at Curry, and you find. uh, I mean, how often last night? Did they do backdoor cuts on the end Oh, line? my God. It, it, Draymond Green was a wizard at finding them. And that's that's the part, right, I think that probably irks most Bulls fans. I know it, it sticks in my craw. Is when I watch this team offensively, right, it reminds me of a 2005 offense. Not to say that, right, like, they, they it's just because of the mid-range game, but there's just not a ton of movement. You're kind of just watching your stars go to work. You're you're letting it, Zach Levine saying, okay, it's your turn. Okay, it's my turn. And, and the interesting thing is that, to me, they play, it seems like at least this season, Zach and DeMar have had their best moments on the court when neither of them's on, or when there's only one of them on the court, I should say, yeah, yeah. because... They're able to say, okay, it's not your turn, my turn. It's just my turn. I can just do yeah. what I do, and I can get everybody I else involved on that. Well, and, and you know what? they got to figure this out because I think you're right um, from the standpoint that I think it alleviates and takes away not only the X's and O's option, yeah. but mentally where you say, because I, there's no question Zach and DeMar are close. Yeah. Okay. They're close as human beings. Forget about hoops. I'm just talking people to people. Yeah. They're friends for sure. Brotherhood. Yes. And it carries over to the floor. I mean, Zach has the utmost respect for DeMar's game. DeMar has the utmost respect for Zach. There is no friction whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But when you get two stars together and you got to figure it out. And then you got Vooch and you got to figure it out. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm hoping that it comes where there's a perfect storm because the, the truth of the matter is Pat, those three players have got to lead the bulls. I, I hope so. They, yes. Really? I mean, they've got to get it done. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, as much as I love Patrick Williams, um, he is not on their level. I mean, he, Patrick Williams is a 21-year-old young man yeah. trying to still figure things out, where Vooch is a two-time All-Star, and DeMar has been there five times, and Zach's an All-Star. So, I mean, they got to, you know, at the end of the day, you can, a coach, his his responsibility is to put the players in a position to succeed. Yes. And I get that. But it also comes down where you have to hold players accountable. Do you think that we're getting enough of that from Billy Donovan? Do you think that we're, I, I, we saw the benching of Zach Levine when he felt like Billy felt like right sitting him down gave us a better chance to win. We we saw Demar sit for long stretches at the end of that game until pretty much the final moments where the Bulls had fought and all the way back. What, what is it? Because like I, I've said on my show many a times, you guys can't think that Billy Donovan's going into this huddle and he's just like, yeah, leave that corner three open. Just keep doing that. That's working out great. Just, don't, nope, don't move the ball at all, right? Like, just keep doing Like, Billy's trying. It seems like he's trying to implement a system but is it on Billy to, okay, hey, I've got to tighten the reins a little bit. you got to run this system. Or 
is it on the players to just fully buy into this system or, or have they fully bought into this system? Well, I, 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 here's, here's my take. I think when you have a prolific score yeah. like DeMar DeRozan and you have um, the best three-point shooter on the club in Levine yep. and the best post player in Vucevic, you've got options. Now, what we've seen a lot is after timeout plays, the ball goes to DeRozan. Yep. And the reason for that is that DeMar um, can get his shot off and or he's going to get fouled. Now, I'll tell you what I've been seeing lately on this trip. Mm -hmm. And he, he did go to the foul line. He went eight of nine from the line the other night. Yes. And so, but what I'm starting to see is teams are really, really locked in on not going for the second pump fake. Mm -hmm. And DeMar has a lot of success drawing fouls on the head and shoulder fake, especially against young players who may not see DeMar a lot. And maybe they're they're seeing him for the first, second, third, fourth time in their career, and they want to block every shot, and they're anxious to play him. And all of a sudden, they get caught up in this. Where you know, like to me, Dwayne Wade, Paul Pierce had you know, and Kyle Lowry have outstanding where the head and shoulder fake, where they're yeah, taking yeah. the ball around their you know the upper chest, and they're rising up, double pump with the with the head bobbing. And DeMar has got that down. And so, you know, usually he gets fouled on a double pump where he gets uh, on the fade a little bit. Yeah. And players just want to block every shot. They think that after that second head and shoulder fake, they got all the ball. And what they do is they hit the elbow or the forearm. So, um, you know, I think that we're going to learn a lot about this team. I always say, Give me 41 games. Give me half the season, and I can tell you, you know, if you invite me back game number 41, I think we'll get a really good indication where this team is, and hopefully by sometime, I would think maybe January, we'll find out about Lonzo. Yeah, that's that's a that's an interesting situation. Like you said, he he was the. I feel like this team was built to be that almost fire starter type offense, right? Where, yeah, you got that point guard that grabs the ball off of the rim, flicks his wrist, it lands in your hands. You're not allowing teams to get into defensive sets. I feel like when we allow teams to kind of set their defenses up and and really get going against us, that's kind of where we become a stagnant offense. And and unfortunately, right, the numbers are playing out to that. Where we're, we're uh, 23rd in offensive rating in the NBA right now. Defense still a top 15 defense, slowly working our way down the list, but but hopefully able to get that back together. It's it's been an up and down season. That that's all you can say about it. And yeah. it, it's a it, it, well. Also on this trip, if you look at the numbers, yeah, three point shooting. I mean, our three point shooting is not very good, and even our attempts. Teams, we don't even and, attempt and, a ton. <laughs> And, and teams are shooting 38% yeah. on the road trip against the Bulls. And, you know, sometimes it's rotations. Sometimes players are just on fire, even with a hand in the face. Yeah. 
I mean, some of those like Devin Booker threes were contested. <laughs> and you, I mean, he had do? it going. Even you Poole know, last night. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Poole um, was phenomenal. Yeah. And I mean, you know, th- that's why these are the greatest players in the world. Yeah. I mean, you know, if I understand, you know, when when I sit down and you talk to Groin Dragic and he said, you know, this is what every dream of a little boy is outside of North America or in Canada is to play in the NBA because the competition is the best in the world. Okay. Every night, every night. I mean, and so, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, the bulls figure it out yeah. because I do think they've got talent. I think they're a little bit thin in certain areas, but for the most part, you've got three all-stars on your team. And, um, you know, I, I just wish that in that Lonzo was healthy because yeah. I really believe that was not a fluke a year ago when they were the number one seed in the East. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting, too. I mean, like we're, where we're sitting at right now, uh, 12th in the East, what do you think this team is going to be, right? Is it as simple as if Zach Levine start know. knocking down shots? I don't know, Pat. Yeah. I mean, you know, the truth of the matter is I keep trying to determine <laughs> where this team is with an identity. Are I we, are we let me ask you this. Are we closer to the team that can compete with Milwaukee and Boston? Or are we closer to the team you think that we've seen kind of going up against Golden State where you're here, but you're not here yet? Well, no. Well, I mean, listen, I think I think Boston is right now – I, I want to see what Middleton is back now. Yeah, for Milwaukee. Wanna, yep. Yeah, and I want to see. I, I still think Milwaukee is going to be a tough out in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think Boston, because they and Milwaukee takes a lot of threes, but Boston's whole offensive scheme is like, you know, like outside in, inside, then throw it to the wing for a three. I and, and I mean they've got two elite players in Tatum and Brown. Um, I still think Milwaukee could be a better team than Boston in a seven-game series. Having said that, I don't think Boston matches up with the Bulls very well, period. Yeah. There's something about the personnel and, um, you know, and again, we haven't seen Robert Williams with Boston yet, and that's going to be a huge add-on. Had Gallinari not gone down with a knee injury, I mean, clearly, if Gallinari had been healthy this year and Robert Williams and the jury's still out when he comes back to see how that knee is, yeah. but on paper, and you can't play games on paper, Boston has the best personnel in the league, in, in the East, and maybe the league. Yeah. Um, but I think the Celtics, the way they're constructed right now, I don't think they match up very well with the Bulls. And, you know, the Bulls own two wins against them. And the third game was tough in Boston. And so I I just want to see where this team is at in mid-April. A lot depends, Pat, on the health of the Bulls and, for that matter, any other team. I mean, you can go back three years. If Kevin Durant is not hurt, 
they probably beat the Raptors in that series. Yes. <laughs> hey, both, both, both times, right? In both series. If if Kevin Durant uh, or if Kyrie Irving isn't hurt over on the Brooklyn side in, in that situation, yeah. you probably beat, beat Milwaukee you know, that first year. And, you know? and, I'll, and I'll tell you another thing. And, and again, you know, they won it. Good for them. But in the bubble, you had the Lakers in Miami. And Miami was a very young team at the time. You put Miami on the road in Boston or Philly or, you know, a, 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 a Toronto. Yeah. You Do you think those kids on the Miami team are going to react the way they did yeah. in the bubble? Pro- no. Probably not. Completely different no. situation. Yeah. It was, it, was, uh, it was very homogenized. Yeah. I mean, you know, you find out a lot about a player on the road in a playoff game. You find out real quickly what type of onions they have. Oh, yeah. And and, and so, um, you know, I mean, the Lakers won it. I don't know if they win it if, if they're playing playoff games on the road. Yeah. That that was that was such an interesting situation because I said, right, I, there, there's literally a play where – it summed up the bubble to me completely. I don't remember who the rookie was on the other side. Uh, I think it was for Miami. They were playing Milwaukee. But Giannis comes down, rises up, does one of those patented Giannis jams on him. Rookie's underneath it, and he gets bumped out of there. And this was supposed to be a Milwaukee home game. I'm like, man, if we're in Milwaukee right now, the building comes down. But then the rookie goes down the other end, stops, looks, pulls up a three, knocks it down. I was like, that would not happen. That no. would he would not have recovered that quickly. Yeah, absolutely, because you know what that rookie would be thinking on his way down to the floor. I'm gonna be on ESPN tonight. Um, yeah, exactly. He'd say, "I just like this is gonna be on Twitter within 11 seconds." Yeah, I yeah. just got embarrassed, and my mama is not gonna let me have you know. I wish I could remember David. who it was. I don't even know if, it, but I remember seeing that, and I was like, "That's the bubble." That's yeah. what this is. So it, it was an interesting time, man. Um, I, I think now, right, e- even seeing how teams uh, who were dominant in the bubble have readjusted kind of back to how the league coming back, full stands and stuff. There's a lot of teams you look at and you're like, yeah, that's not the same team that we saw in the bubble. And there's other teams that have propelled them. That, that, that Phoenix yeah. team that hasn't stopped winning since they left no. the bubble. So <laughs> what would they win? Like eight straight in the bubble or something? Eight straight, and, nine and, straight. And, and, and what? They picked up where they left off yeah adding chris paul helps with that a lot too (laughs) just a little bit chuck we appreciate you for tuning in we've gotta talk about this book though chuck because this is this is the thing about this it's about you it's the life of chuck swarski tell us a little bit about this book we've got it up on the screen here so everybody can see it as well so it it really i mean i tell a lot of sports stories including calling the Kobe 81 game, which to me still is the highlight of my broadcast career. And I love Kobe Yeah, and got to know him through Rob Palinka, the GM of the Lakers, who was Kobe's agent at the time. And Rob was my former broadcast partner when I was doing the play-by-play for the university of Michigan. But I, I mean, to me, the, this, you know, tragically number one, because of Kobe's death, he left his wife and, and the girls. Yeah. And to me, that supersedes anything about basketball. Basketball, that, that's so distant, not even worth the conversation when someone passes away. It's always about the family and your loved ones. But with Kobe, 
He was so intelligent and so competitive, and he had such a spirit about him. And again, we're talking, I, I don't want to put Kobe on a, on a level way, way, way. I mean, we're all flawed. And Kobe would be the first to say, I'm a flawed man as well. No. But Kobe had such an unbelievable second chapter in his life that was in front of him. Yes. I mean, you know, the fact he had won you know, an Academy Award. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, the, the, the short film on the joy of basketball, let me tell you what, it's not like he uh, used his name and he wasn't involved. He was involved in this project yeah. from day one. It's not like he said, hey, you take care of it. You can put my name on it. And then all of a sudden, the envelope, please, and you get an Oscar. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. there. Yeah, He was there with his you know, sleeves rolled up and said, let's do something. So, um, but the, the book is about four Ps. Uh, I'd like to say a fifth for Pat. <laughs> but the four P's were passion, yeah. purpose, positivity, and the fourth thing that I always remind myself, even to this day, is perseverance. Because the, let me tell you what, in the sports media field or in any type of competitive, foundational workplace, it's going to be tough. Yeah. And it should be tough. Because if you want to climb that mountain and get on the ladder and stay on the ladder, you've got to be sure that when you get knocked down, that you have the heart to get back up. Yeah. And that's what this book is all about. How badly do you want it? Because, you know, like I failed many, many times and there, are, you know, but I never wanted to take my ball and go home. Yeah. You know what? You know, I I mean, hey, you want to come at me like a freight train like LeBron James and roll me over and I'm taking like blocking fouls, charges, <laughs> everything. Yeah. You still get back up and you say, you know what, tomorrow's another day. And that's why, you know, I I think of guys like Willie Mays, who didn't get a hit for like three weeks when he first came into the big leagues. Yeah. And he was so down. And his manager, Leo DeRocher, said, Willie, you know what? You're going to be fine. You know what? Just just let this play out. Don't lose confidence because you're not going to get sent down. I, I think the world of you. We're going to let you play through this because this isn't going to be the only time in your life you're going to go 0 for 22. <laughs> so you just yeah. deal with it. And look, look at the player Willie Mays became. I mean, it's Ryan Sandberg, when he first joined the Cubs, couldn't buy a hit. Yeah. I mean, it happens in life. You know, Pat, you're, you're going to have some weeks where you doubt yourself about this show. You know, golly, you know, I wish I screwed up. I, I wish I could have done a better job interviewing this guy or putting something together. Oh, yeah. But you know what? You got, but, Pat, you know what? You just say, hey, you know what? The next guy I get on or the next sports personality – um, you know, whether she plays for the sky or the guy plays for the Sox or Cubs, you just say to yourself, hey, you know what? I'm going to do a better job. Yeah. And I've learned from those things. And that's what the book is about. So they can get the book, Chuck Swirsky, thebook.com. 
ChuckSwirskyTheBook.com. And a portion of the proceeds go to Chicago Bulls Charities to help children and families in need. And uh, I wanted to do this. I didn't write the book for money, and nor is anything even remotely close to that. I wanted to write the book to really encourage and engage and inspire people so that they feel that they are a part of something in their life that they can kind of relate to through the ups and downs of human existence, so to speak. And if when they buy the book, I want them to know that, you know, a portion of the proceeds are going to give something back to our city because there are a lot of kids and a lot of families that need assistance. And the bulls are very, very involved with a lot of charities in Chicago and I, I love our city very much, and I want to make sure that these families and these kids are taken care of. Yeah, they, I, it's it's interesting hearing you talk, you know, about just the journey and things like that. And, and I'm I'm absolutely uh, getting my my uh, copy on order because. I love hearing about the journey that people go through to get to the place that they are right now. Right. A lot of times we see the end, uh, you know, by the, by the time I'd started listening to you, um, you, you were the voice of the bulls. You were the only voice that I knew you on six seventy ESPN 1000. You were everywhere. You were the voice that was yelling when Derek Rose was knocking down game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that, I, I got to see the end of it, but my dad, when I told him you were coming on, he's like, Oh yeah, I, I remember uh, being in Ohio and listening. Or, and Chuck Swirsky was the uh, the producer for the radio show down there. Yeah. And and yeah. I, I we met. I met him at a radio station up here. And just just seeing right like the the journey and the growth. Yeah. What was what was yeah. that moment for you where you were like, you know what? I'm I've gotten knocked down, but I realized that this is my gift. There's nothing that I'm gonna let take it away from me. Well, probably, yeah, so I I graduated early from college because I wanted to get a jump start. And I sent out resumes, tapes, everything. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. And was I discouraged? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Human I emotion. Was, uh, I mean, like, you know, but my mom would always tell me rejection is a direction. And so you got to start, like, never give up. Okay. I like and that. <laughs> I, I loved – my father died when I was a kid, and I talked about that in the book, how it really threw me for a major loop yeah. at that stage in my life in the sixth grade. Uh, but my mom was, without question, the most influential individual in my life because after my dad died, my mom was a elementary school teacher. Mm-hmm. And when my dad died, elementary school teachers, especially Catholic elementary school teachers, aren't making a lot of money there, Pat. She took on two other jobs. So she had not one Pat, not two Pat, three jobs, three. And she would come home from school at four o'clock. She would change and she'd go to the hospital and work in the gift shop. On weekends, she would work in the hospital, and then she worked at a theater company just outside of Seattle where she would either perform or behind the scenes. But they were 
they were three jobs to put food on the table yeah. for three kids. Okay. And I'm watching this. She never complained once and she had every right to, but she never complained once. So when I was getting rejected or not hearing back from people, resumes, tapes, nothing. And I was getting internships. And I hear the same line, kid, you're going to be great. You're going to, you got the enthusiasm. You got the skill. Well, I'd love a job, but we don't have any jobs right now. And I wish we did. And so I'm thinking, wow, where, where am I going in my life? What's going on? And I got a break and it was at a station in Columbus, Ohio. And they gave me the keys to the car to do a talk show. And that's all I asked because if I screw up and I can't do it, that's on me. Yeah. But I just want one opportunity. Just give me one opportunity and let me just take off. Yeah. And I got that opportunity and I vowed, you know what, from this moment on the, it, the, the arrow is pointing North and it happened. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, what happens is you get in a situation where uh, somebody hears you, they like you, they call you up, they say, come in for an interview. And then one thing led to the next that led to the next that led to the next. But that's why I tell young people, your first job is your most important job. And they said, well, you know, my first job's in Fargo, North Dakota. Then make Fargo, North Dakota be your Chicago. Yeah. Make Fargo, North Dakota the most important job. Not thinking about the job in six months or a year or a year and a half. Because you want to polish your skills, improve your weaknesses, and, and work on them. Because that's going to set you up for your second job. But you can't get a second job without excelling in your first job. 100%. Love to hear it, Chuck. Hey, listen, if you ever need a night off, by the way, I'm, I'm available. Yeah, no, I, I, can't. I can't. That's I can't. Right. <laughs> uh, Chuck Swarovski, the book is out right now. Go grab your copy today. Always a pleasure. Uh, on Chuck Swarovski, the book dot com just type that in on the website and you will be able to uh buy your own personal copy and like chuck said the portion of the proceeds do go back into charities and different things around the city uh chuck appreciate you for coming on the show thank you man I, I i love having you i love your basketball insight as always hopefully our bulls win a little bit more and we have a little bit more fun the rest of this season but it's yes. always fun it's still basketball it's still thank basketball you. it's still basketball it's all good <laughs> thanks my man as always man it's your boy pat the designer back at it again appreciate you all for tuning in and watching the show we'll be back live tomorrow for another episode of the daily show you guys stay safe out there chicago peace Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line. 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.